Hi, small business owners. Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs podcast, where we focus on creating brilliant breakthroughs for the small business owner. FYI, this is also the name of the number one Amazon bestselling book for small business and entrepreneurship. The good news is you can find all the books in this series at Amazon. Just type in Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner, fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your business. And if you'd like to learn more about how to listen to over 100 podcasts by our authoring team, or how to get 100 free do's and don'ts for small business owner success, go to Brilliant Biz Book. That's all one word, Brilliant Biz book.com and you'll learn about who we are and how we can support your business to shine brightly. Whoo! So now that I have all that out of the way, I want to say hi rock stars in small <laughs> business. It's Maggie Mongan <laughs> and, I, and our guest is already chuckling. <laughs> I am the founder and the number of this really cool number one best-selling Brilliant Breakthroughs annual business book series and a number one best-selling business author. My full-time gig, because boy, we all have lots of gigs these days, my, my gig is I'm a master business coach and trainer at Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc., and I'm known as a small success influencer. Small business success, I should say, not small success. <laughs> That was funny. That was good. <laughs> I'm cracking myself up already. This is going to be fun. <laughs> so today, we're honored to have one of our 2019 authors with you. And this is really cool because as we're recording this, this is coming out before volume three. And volume three is the, the cover that has the ruby red color on it just so you know because when you go look at all the other books this is the one we're talking about now and Carrie Hoffman is one of the authors in our 2019 volume 3 version and she's here to help us understand how to up level our productivity for our business and well also our life <laughs> <laughs> That's an understatement. Once you start talking to her, you'll find out exactly what I'm saying. But Carrie's here to show us some really great strategies and techniques so we can be better at the game we play, have less stress, and really deliver a higher performance and a higher quality of what we do out in our marketplace. So I want to say welcome. Welcome, Carrie Hoffman. Thank you, Maggie. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, she, you know, and, and I have to tell everybody, we have a video going here, so that you're all not going to be able to see that, but she is sitting with a big smile on her face, like the great pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is Halloween. <laughs> it is. So that's why I had to share that. So everyone, Carrie's chapter is the sixth one in volume three, and it's titled Digital Mindset Required. Now, her subtitle is Preparing Small Business for a Quantum Leap. So let me repeat that because you need to hear the whole thing. Digital Mindset Required, Preparing Small Business for a Quantum Leap. And Carrie, you covered a lot of ground in your chapter. And I know at the same time, because I've sat with you and we've had many conversations, you haven't even begun to show us what you have under the hood. <laughs> That's probably very true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there's a lot of challenges that 
small business owners are facing right now. And, and we're in a great time of transition. And one of the things that I like about your chapter is you really help us understand what that transition is. You give us terms and, and a way to understand it that probably most of us aren't hearing. And it's factual. So um, maybe we should start closer to the beginning of the story before yeah. we start diving into what you wrote about, right? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> okay, so this is really cool because this is the first in a series that Carrie is joining us for over the next year. So over the next few interviews, we're going to dive deeper into why it's important for small business owners to move from a traditional way of doing business to a new way of doing business that, Carrie, you call digital, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this seems like a big change. So where do we start with all this? Well, you know what? Let's start in the present and with some context. Good. I, I think we're living in just amazing times. It's a time of transition and great transformation. And frankly, there's never been a better time to be a, a small business owner. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Okay, so there's never been a better time to be a small business owner, yet all of this seems like everything's moving so fast, right? It does. Business is definitely accelerating. Yeah, and, and that's great to hear from someone like you who's an expert in this topic. It's not just in our heads that it's accelerating. It is a fact that it is it, accelerating. It is an absolute fact. Okay, so when you say that we're living in a time of transition and great transformation, what do you mean? Well, one aspect of human history are these descriptions, right, of eras and ages and revolutions. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm specifically referring to the hunting and gathering era, the agricultural age, and the industrial revolution. Okay, those we know. Yeah, so, well, if you don't mind, I'd like to go on a little history sidebar. Oh, cool. Go with so, it. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> so, so let me just kind of describe these ages because this is some important context. The hunting and gathering era started almost two million years ago with Homo erectus. That was before Homo sapiens. <laughs> wow. And last, yeah, I know. And it lasted 12,000 years. Or no, I'm sorry. It ended 12,000 years ago. It lasted for a couple million years. Okay. The agricultural age started when the hunting and gathering age ended, and that was 10,000 BC. The industrial revolution started in the mid to late 1700s. Okay. So now, before you, you drop this wisdom yes. about what, what we're in now. Uh-huh. I want to make sure that everybody gets it. Okay, we all started as hunting and gathering, and we all know that. And then we, we moved do. into agriculture. That's more sophisticated than, than hunting and gathering. You got it. Because we started dealing with yields and production and figuring out how to manage production. Then there came the Industrial Revolution, and we all live in that era. Yes. But we're also living in a new era, right? That's right. Okay, and so I, here we go. <laughs> I like to call it the next age. And in my opinion, that started about 20 years ago 
and it gained a great deal of momentum in 2007. Okay, the next age. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Well, okay, there's all kinds of debate about what to call the next age. So I kind of like exited myself from the debate and I just call it the next age to give it a name so we can move on. Okay, and I like that because because it's like quit. Let's quit arguing about what it is because we don't even know yet, right? Right. But we know we're already in something different. So that's one of the reasons why I like how you wrote your chapter. And of course, I've had the privy of reading it. So I I am amazed at when you removed yourself from this camp or that camp of what may be, you were able to cut to the truth of the rest of the story. Exactly. So I want to pull back because you told us when the hunting and the gathering era started and ended, but for the rest, um, you only told us when they started. What's that about? (laughs) Yeah, that's a very good catch. Since the hunting and gathering era ended, the rest of the ages have actually overlapped. And we could argue, right, that the hunting and gathering age is still going on in indigenous tribes and people hunting for truffles and mushrooms. (laughs) Right, sure. Yeah, exactly. So in my research, I actually found three agricultural ages. The first utilized stationary farming and primitive irrigation systems. The second agricultural age was driven actually by the Industrial Revolution itself with the introduction of mechanization. So that was things like, you know, tractors and corporate farming and and all kinds of things that were added there. The third agricultural age used science and computing, which is actually the foundation of the next age, to add things like hybridization and genetics. Okay. So that you makes could, sense. Yeah, and really, right, we're still, we still do agriculture. It's so evolving. You, yeah, it's evolving. Okay. But so we haven't really exited the agricultural age. The Industrial Revolution isn't much different. It's often talked about as Industry 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, and it keeps going on and on, right? Yeah. It started with mechanization and machines. And as it goes to this 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, it's basically adding more and more automation with different levels of computation or now computing power. And all of these actually overlap too, but mostly because of a hesitancy to adopt the latest technology. Uh Aha. Aha. Yeah, we do have a hesitancy there. And the next age started to gain momentum in 2007, while we were still in the midst of industry, uh, well, somewhere between 3.0 and 5.0, depending on what you've adopted. Wow, everybody's going to have to hit pause <laughs> and go rewind. <laughs> and like, what did we all just say? <laughs> I know, it's a lot. <laughs> and, and this is really cool because you're talking about the bigger shifts, eras, and how there is an overlap. And that historically is the fact. And it's the perfect setup because now twice you've said the next age. And it started to gain momentum in 2007. Now, I think that's really cool. I have a theory as to what 2007, my 2007, but I want to know what you think. Okay. 
because I'm not an expert at this. You are. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll share your view of 2007 as well. Oh, maybe. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, many of the listeners may know the author, Thomas L. Friedman, because he wrote the book, The World is Flat. Right. He also wrote the book, Thank You for Being Late. And it was either one of the chapters or one of the subheadings in a chapter. It's called What the Hell Happened in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I know. I love the name of that. So here's what he says happened in 2007. And I'm okay. going to go through this rather quickly. So it might be another rewind moment. The iPhone came out in 2007. Hadoop came out, which has to do with big data. GitHub, which actually stores open source code came out. Android, I don't call it the brother of the iPhone, came out. The Kindle came out. Twitter and Facebook began to take off. AT&T created software-defined networking. IBM Watson began to be built. Intel was creating new materials. Airbnb was conceived, and this was the beginning of the sharing society. <laughs> Globally, internet users crossed the one billion mark. It was the beginning of the clean power industry. The cost of the DNA sequencing went from like millions of dollars in tens of years to a hundred dollars in minutes. Okay. There's, there's so much more, but I'm going to stop there. Okay. So, <laughs> wow, that was a mouthful. So right now I imagine our listeners are going, uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Okay. Don't know what that one is, but okay, got that and that and that. And right. and Airbnb started way back then. Okay. So <laughs> we can have a little fun with it. But what I really want to say is, what does that all translate to? Yeah, and that's really the point, right? Uh-huh. 2007 is when the development and release of technology hit the exponential part of its curve. And this means technology is hitting us at an exponential rate. Oh, that, a, that makes sense. If, yeah. we, if it's at a curve, we're experiencing that curve too. So it's like, whoo, hang on. Yeah, and that exponential part of the curve started way back in 2007, right? So that's 12 years ago. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And according to Mr. Friedman, our author... Of okay. The world is flat, and thank you for being late. It's faster than most people and companies can adopt that technology that's oh. coming out. Okay, so so I I want to hit the pause button right here mm -hmm. because everybody's saying I can't keep up with it, and they're so frustrated with all these really cool tools and some not so cool because they're just you know distractions right and right and they're still being developed but there's so much that's happening right now that they're saying i just can't keep up with it there's something wrong with me i can't keep up with it and you're saying there's nothing wrong with us keeping up with it because we can't right but there's some things we can yeah and you're going to help us through these conversations discern what that is aren't you yeah, so now there's a, this gap, right? The, okay. the release of technology is happening faster than the adoption. And that means we need to pay attention to how do we close the gap? Because we absolutely need to close the gap between our rate of adoption and the rate that technology is coming out. And there are ways of doing this. Cool, cool. Okay, so why don't you share a little bit more about how we as small business owners can get better at that? Yeah, so 
Um, we absolutely can close the gap. And one of the ways to do that, one of the ways to have a high rate of adoption of technology is through process accelerators. Okay. And once, once the adoption of technology is high, the pace of business actually accelerates, but you can keep up as a small business owner. Okay, so are you going to tell us what process accelerators are? I'm going to cover just a couple of the process accelerators today. And um, I'm actually, we'll go into this deeper as well in a future podcast. But for today, let's just like whet the appetite for what the process accelerators are. Okay. Those are things like agile methods and mindsets. Some people who have been doing project management for a while may know we've moved from a waterfall methodology to an agile methodology, mm -hmm. but it's also just this overall mindset that you can be agile and things can be done faster. Okay. Another process accelerator is utilizing alternate sources of talent, things like crowdsourcing and freelancers. Oh, An okay. Yeah, okay. Like a lot of small business owners already do that, mm -hmm. right? Sure. There's also this change in the way we're organized, moving away from siloed departments and into small cross-functional teams that have extreme customer centricity. And it's about time. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> this has been a long and painful process of releasing the silo, like from, from the 80s and the 90s. Oh, my gosh, that's so last century. Oh, you got it. And, so, and actually, a lot of small business owners, right, used to work in large corporations, and they exited because it was so frustrating. Right. right. That's one of the reasons why. Right. Well, <laughs> and one of the reasons it's so great to be a small business right now is small businesses are naturally working in a small cross-functional team, right? Yes. So that's, they're already adopting some of the process accelerators very quickly. And as small business owners, we're more nimble. So the new ways that large corporations need to work include hiring small business owners who already know how to do this. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Wow. So small business owners, this is, this is pretty neat because it's, in one aspect, we have all this opportunity available to us. We just have to figure out what's best to adopt and what's not. You right? got it. You got it. In fact, I recently had a small business owner tell me, hey, nothing you're telling me is new. Like all, sm all small business owners know this. <laughs> um, well, so, so a couple things here. First, I'll say that he had a high velocity of adoption, right? So oh, what not does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> he was already like knowing, moving fast, doing things the new way, you know, totally changed the way he did marketings all over social media and his website. Like he's an early adopter of technology. So he thinks all small businesses are. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> exactly. So I think there's, I think there's three key points here. Okay. Even if you're, even if you are a small business and I told him this with the latest technology and the rate of new technology coming out is, is um, accelerating, that means that there's still constant adjustments you need to make in your business. Okay. And, and the technology keeps coming out faster and faster. And there's some things on the horizon from a technology standpoint that once they occur, you know, even small businesses who were able to keep up are going to have to now get faster again. There's this thing called quantum computing, which is kind of fun, but uh, another future podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> 
second, the second point is that mid and large size businesses have a much harder time with adoption. It's like turning an aircraft carrier. So the companies with the biggest revenue are feeling a great deal of pain and they have a slowdown in growth if they're not adapting, right? Oh, so this is really cool. So this is one of the reasons why small businesses um, have this competitive advantage in one aspect is because we can be more nimble. Correct. Right? Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. In fact, there's small businesses and startups that are di disrupting large corporations and that hasn't ever happened in the industrial age. I know. I know. <laughs> it's the pretty cool. Are turning. <laughs> but the third point I told this guy was, hey, this is a great opportunity for you as a small business who's already working in the next age to open up and learn how to work with large businesses. Oh. Yeah, these are the small businesses who have already moved from traditional business in the industrial age to digital business in the next age. And they can actually help midsize and large corporations on their journey to the next age. Mm. So it's filling the gaps that a lot of the corporate refugees have noticed they've left and now they can come back and and serve to fill that wow how cool is that yeah especially if they can open their mind right to oh i left and i never wanted to go back but this is an opportunity for a lot of revenue for a small business to go help a large business at this point <laughs> it sure is <laughs> okay so you probably had everybody's brains explode a couple times here throughout this conversation, Carrie. Yeah, that's possible. <laughs> right. And the cool thing is, um, listeners, you can hit rewind again and again <laughs> and again because Carrie just really delivered a lot. And the nice thing is she's going to take this conversation and unpack it more for us over the next five or six episodes. So hang tight with that and don't feel like you got to get it all dialed in right now. Be with it and say, oh, there's a new way of doing this. And she's going to help us learn more about it in, in the future. So to do that, I, you know, let's, let's wrap all this up. Why is it important for business owners to understand we are in the midst of the next evolutionary transition, Carrie. Well, the key point with evolutionary transition is the reason we are moving out of the industrial age and into the next age is the way we need to conduct business to remain relevant and continue to grow is vastly different than what we're used to. Oh, okay. It's a new way in the, new, the next stage. Right. And I think internalizing that we are actually moving to the next stage gives us the context and the fortitude to significantly change the way we work. Results will not be achieved through continuous improvement or incremental changes. So in closing, I'd say think about it like this. The impetus for moving between the ages is a significant change in the way business is conducted. So the move into the agricultural age was when we moved from hunting and gathering to stationary farming. In the industrial revolution, we moved from small groups working with their hands to working with machines in large organized departments. This is where corporations were born. 
Okay. And in, and in the next age, we are fundamentally changing everything about the way we are used to working in the industrial age. It has to do with all those process accelerators. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the details of work in the next age, I think that's a conversation for another podcast. Oh, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so the next podcast and several after that, we're going we're going to unpack this a little more. The next stage, yeah, that sounds like it'll be a lot more fun. It it will be. This one was like, woo! I told everybody buckle up, or maybe I should have given them the warning to buckle up before they <laughs> continue to listen. <laughs> wow, <laughs> they didn't know we were jumping in a rocket, huh? <laughs> um, well, indeed, we just did. Okay, so Carrie, I want to thank you um, because this is a conversation that small business owners aren't having, and you're a great guide for that. Um, so, on behalf of our listeners, thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Nice research you shared with us here. Um, listeners, this is how you can learn more and engage with our author, Carrie Hoffman. Start by reading chapter six in the book, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. And we're talking about volume three, the one with the ruby red cover. And if you're hearing this um, in fall of 2019, the book releases November 13th. And there's something really cool that Carrie did at the as well as all the authors in the book, matter of fact, at the end of her chapter, she has an author and business page. So you know how to get a hold of her on all her social media handles and engage with her. And she also put a special invitation at the bottom of her author page to continue carrying the conversation further. You're going to love what she's created for you. So be sure to check that out when you look at the book. And then here's something else that's really cool. Right now you can see everything about the book and how to get a hold of it and carry by going to the book, Brilliant, uh, excuse me, by going to the app, Brilliant Biz Book. And you are going to be amazed because not only can you go ahead and see all that goodness, but you can also take advantage of a feature we have on there called Ask an Expert. You can click on that and you'll see Carrie's name. Click on her name and type in your question and she'll reply back to you. It'll happen through email. So that's the process. But I think that's a really great bonus, don't you, Carrie? Absolutely. Oh. Okay. Well, I'd like to thank you for your time and wisdom sharing today, Carrie. Well, thank you, Maggie. It was a lot of fun. It was. I hope all our listeners aren't too exhausted after hearing this. I hope not. That wasn't the idea. <laughs> no, no. It was, it was actually to rejuvenate and, and give them hope of like, hey, it's all okay. This is just part of the process. That's right. There's a lot of hope to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So listeners, we appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs podcast, where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. Shine brightly until next week.